Oh yeah, there's Psalm. Um, what was it? One thirty four. It's a really good song. Oh yeah, one thirty four right here. It comes right after one thirty three for you guys. Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the mm. Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord who made heaven and earth. Bless you from Zion. Mm. Amen. That's good. All right, well, let's hand it off to Jamie and Josh, and maybe you guys can open us up in some prayer, and let's worship the Lord.
to you. You just want our praise. You just want us to put you first in our lives. God, just, I pray, Lord, that you would remind us every day how much glory and honor we deserve. Amen. Amen. Hey, well, well welcome. Um, so tonight is, is going to be somewhat just a tad differently um, than normal. I think tonight, um, as we move on tonight, I really just felt from the Lord that, you know, thinking back to this Sunday's message, you know, I've got, um, you know, some good response, you know, from uh, this past Sunday's message. Um, if I remember correctly, let me, let me get the, the title of the message, if I remember that correctly. Um, it was taking, let me see, make sure I get this right. Yeah, it was taking, um, oh man, suffering and, I just went blank. Oh man, taking suffering and submission in the steps of Jesus. I just totally went blank there. And, and, you know, and really, I spoke to, to about just our role as a church or even as followers of Jesus in submission to our governing authorities and what that looked like what that looks like, especially in regards to the thing that we're going through right now. And as I think about those things, you know, the Lord really just put on my heart just to kind of take care of some family business right, right now. So normally you come in and we're giving you an encouraging word and we're definitely, um, you know, wanting to make ourselves available to ask your Bible questions if you have them. And again, we've got a new feature now so that I know that sometimes you don't necessarily want a comment or question or a comment or prayer request. Well, you can now um, simply call us or I'm sorry, not call us, text us at 360-317-3795. And so if your questions, if you want them to re remain anonymous, we'll do that. If not, that's okay. Or maybe your prayer requests, you want those to remain anonymous or you don't want anyone else to know but us, then you can call, you can text us those prayer requests and we'll definitely be praying for you for the next, you know, we'll pray for you for this entire week. I've got a couple guys that we're praying and so forth. Um, but even throughout the week, you can text that number. Myself and Pastor Greg and Pastor Brian will be rotating um, that phone number, you know, uh, to ourselves. So that way we can make sure and always be available. You know, uh, if it's after a certain time of night, we may not respond, but rest assured that if we see those prayer requests come in via text, uh, we will definitely be praying for you guys. Um, so just with that said, as we move forward, uh, I do want to take care of just some family business for our church here locally. And just, I know many have asked, like, hey, when are we going to reopen the church? And, and when are we going to be able to come back and worship? Well, a couple of things. One, the church was never closed, okay? Um, we are the church of Jesus Christ, and I haven't stopped being a part of the church, and hopefully you haven't. And I know some of that is a little bit cynical, right? Because the reality is that right now, during this time, it's definitely made us more aware that the church does not revolve around a building. A lot of what we do as the church body and life, I mean, obviously, we're in and out of, of the building or whatever local building you're in. Um, but God did not tell us to stop being the church just because we're on lockdown, so to speak. And so I want to address a little bit of those things tonight and just our plans for reopening our fellowship or at least the place where we come and gather to worship. Um, you know, if you're here tonight, uh, you know, and maybe you're, you're watching this and you're thinking, well, geez, you know, I, I live out of state or I live out of town. I go, that's okay. Because, you know, maybe some of this will even apply. Maybe there, Maybe as we go throughout this evening, you'll, you'll start to recognize that maybe your own church is kind of taking the same stance. And, and so I hope and pray that it will minister to you uh, and maybe give you some things to think about. 
um, as we unfold what we have going on for the next you know, several weeks and what that looks like. Um, and so right now, as we think about Calvary San Juan, actually, I'm going to pray real quick um, um, again, and then I'll just share kind of these four stages that we have going on for our fellowship. So, Father, we do just thank you so much for this time, Jesus, and we pray now that you would speak to us. Lord, just give us great wisdom, Lord, and I pray that more than anything, we would hear your heart and what you have for us, Lord, in the coming weeks and months ahead, God. And so, Lord, use this time, I pray. Lord, speak to us, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so uh, here's the deal. As we think about these things that are going on, you know, we're going to have basically four stages, you know, that we're going to do the phase one, which is basically what we're doing right now. Uh, we're going to continue to do what we've been doing as a church. We're going to continue online with our streaming of services on Sundays and Wednesdays. Uh, we're, we're doing some other things a little bit differently, and I just want to make them clear. Uh, you know, we've obviously been spending a lot of time and energy and money to keep uh, serving you by providing these online services, and we're going to keep doing that as long as our town uh, keeps us in phase one. That's what we're going to continue to do. Um, but we have gotten in the last week or so, week and a half, we have gotten some greater clarification on what we can also do, and then part of that is our prayer times. You know, we are available to pray with you and for you. Obviously, you know, just about twenty four seven, as we have that specific phone number that is specifically geared for prayer. Uh, uh, um, you know, prayer texts, and, and even right now, Q&A time, you know, we'll, we'll definitely happily receive those questions there. Uh, but we are making ourselves available now every Sunday right after service. Uh, myself and the two other pastors will be out front um, from 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. so that we can pray for you and with you. We had a dear family come up on Sunday, um, and that was pretty cool to be able to have some fellowship time and to pray with them as a family. And it's just sweet, man. You know, we can do that. Um, you know, we're also going to be out there every Tuesday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. And every Thursday, which is tomorrow, 12 to 2 p.m., I'll be out here. Uh, I'm sure if Greg has time, I'm sure he'll pop in. Uh, but I know he's still working his tent-making job and whatnot, and so he's busy with that. But I'm here. And FYI, the church doors or the church office doors have never closed. Um, we are here. I am here Wednesday through Friday from 9 to 5, available to meet with anyone. I've been doing that with families. I've been meeting with them one-on-one. Uh, we've got some things going on in our church body because life is still happening. Uh, uh, hardships are still happening. And so I've been praying and, and counseling with people here during the week. And so the church doors are available. Um, and we've, all got, we've also gotten some more clarification as far as like gathering together for Bible studies and small groups, uh, which will be unfolding really soon because I don't know about you, but... Life group on Zoom is not a lot of fun. I mean, it's cool to see faces, but I think it's time to kind of move into a different direction. So we'll give you some more clarification as we go on. I'm definitely excited about Youth Group and doing that together here in person um, as we're meeting for Bible studies because the governor's made it clear. You know, he never, uh, again, we had, we had to kind of drag it out of him. But, you know, those things are still viable and we can still do that and meet. And obviously we're going to practice all the social safety guidelines, but to meet people face to face, I think is so good for our souls. I mean, that, that is huge. And so that's what it's going to look like in phase one. Uh, phase two, when our town moves to phase two, which is really soon from all intents and purposes, I think just recently we've seen it on, on our own uh, local news and whatnot that our county is now eligible to go into phase two. I think uh, we were trying to get it early, but now it's really not even a point because it's happening already. We're, we are eligible now. And so what that means is that we can now officially meet with five or less people outside of our immediate families. And so um, when that happens, which is, which is we're anticipating the next week or so, 
week or two, we're going to be looking at some of our small group leaders, our life group leaders, and encouraging them to be like, to host like a family church party. We're going to almost like go old school because the early church, remember, didn't meet in buildings like this. They didn't meet in auditoriums. They didn't meet in, uh, um, I don't know, what do you call them? Office buildings and storefront centers and steeples. In the, they, in the Philippines, they meet in malls. In the Philippines, okay, they meet in the malls, okay. Um, but, you know, the early church met in people's homes. That's where the church met. And so we're going to go back to that. And I encourage you, you know, you can do what you want, but we'll definitely have some life group leaders that will be sending the invite. Or if you're interested in being a part of that, uh, shoot us a text and we'll let us know that, hey, you know, whoever's going to be leading a life group on Sunday morning, um, I want to go to their house and be a part of, of like home church. And so what that means is you guys will do to, uh, church together online. And then by all means, stay for fellowship and for food and really for fellowship. Because I think we're all starving. I think we've all had enough food already, I feel like. Um, but we're definitely starving uh, for fellowship. So when that happens, man, let's do that. Uh, um, start having people over to your homes and, and have church together you know, in the homes. And we'll definitely be doing that. And we'll have some key life group leaders and we'll start getting that information out as well. Um, man, I'm excited to do that, to be able to just be with people that... Uh, we just haven't seen in a long time. Um, so stage three, or what we would call phase three, uh, when our town moves to phase three, then we will, again, I don't even want to say that the, the church doors have not been closed. I mean, even on Sunday, they've been unlocked, you know. Uh, you know, our government's telling us we can't gather in that way and, and whatever, but we've been here, and, and, and when we move to phase three, we're going to open, like widely open those church doors, and we're going to have two services like we used to. And now obviously because, and, we'll, and you'll see in a second when I explain some of this, um, but we will have the two services. Uh, middle school will be able to meet again when that gets rolling again. Um, but in phase three, as well as the church, we're not going to have children's ministry just yet. Uh, they won't be available this time. We're going to have half of the seating capacity, right? So that means that the church will probably have about 60 or 65 chairs, you know, in the sanctuary with double spacing, you know, and, and we're going to have the social distancing. We're going to have hand sanitizers, sanitizers available. Um, we're going to clean between services. Um, and, and we're going to ask you too. I mean, right now, because of just everything's kind of just now opening up, if you're feeling sick or if you're in that age range that you are considered vulnerable, then we would just ask you to stay home. You know, because we want to, to honor those people that are vulnerable. Um, we're going to continue. I mean... The reality is we spend so much time and energy and, and, and finances on the live stream that that's going to continue and it's going to be strong and we're going to always provide that opportunity for us to do that and, and, and so forth. So we're going to continue to live stream our services. But here's the deal. As far as, as far as us as leadership and whether you're sick or not, look, it's not our job, I think, to police you. I'm not going to have like our greeter have Pastor Carl out there with the thermometer checking your forehead. You know, we're not going to do that. We're not going to like. I mean, it, it could be kind of funny. I mean, I guess it would. I mean, just, you know, we can have some of the nurses in our church like to go and do oh, yeah. checkups real quick. I, you know, that's just not our role. You know, our role is to love you in the name of Jesus. Don't check IDs. We're not going to check no. IDs and say, oh, sorry, 75. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to do that. I mean, what we're going to do is, um, you know, we're trusting you to seek uh, to love the church body and our community and that you're going to make those decisions based on your love for Jesus and for your neighbor. I mean, that's your thing, right? We're going to do our part as a church leadership and provide 
the spacing and the sanitation and, and we're going to honor our community because here's the reality. For a lot of years, we've been excited that the Lord has provided a space for us to be on the corner of Garden Tucker and it's been a light to our community. But now what we're also seeing is that it also is a responsibility because people are watching. I mean, people are watching how we respond as a church because right now, obviously, there's churches all over America that, that eyes are on them and for good or bad, they're getting exposure and so we take that seriously, you know, as a church body and as a leadership that we want to represent the Lord Jesus rightly. And, you know, you know, those are things that we probably should have been doing in the very beginning anyways. Like we should have good sanitary practices, you know what I mean? And as I said in the very beginning, I kind of laughed because, you know, I kind of excited because I, I go to, to the men's restroom all the time and I go to the men's restroom at the airports and you'd be surprised how many people use the restroom and didn't wash their hands. And <laughs> it's just kind of disgusting. And so this is good. I mean, in some ways there's been some good stuff like, hello, like you need to take care of that business, man. Um, but all of our decisions, you know, again, we're not your mom. We're not your dad. Um, we're not even the Holy Spirit police. You know, we're trusting that you as mature believers who seek and desire to follow Jesus are also putting the needs and, and the cares of other people at the forefront and because of your love, and Jesus, your love for Jesus, uh, that you're going to make those decisions that best represent the Lord um, and, and that honors our neighbors, right? And so that, that's our heart and so forth. Um, and in phase four, you know, uh, when our town gets to phase four at this point, man, I mean, we are back. And I don't want to say normal. We're not back to normal. I mean, it's obviously going to be a new normal. But at that point, you know, normal seating, uh, children's ministries, regular ministries again, um, we'll obviously are going to maintain our cleanliness and you would hope that people going forward would, would maintain cleanliness. You know, I mean, that's just, I think that's just being a good steward of just our church facility and, and, and even as human beings that we want to honor people by just taking care of, you know, our own personal hygiene. Um, and really there's a, there's a lot to, to thank the Lord for because praise the Lord that, um, it has not gone the way all these models and everything in the beginning. I mean, in the beginning, it was like we were headed towards like the apocalypse, you know, and praise the Lord that all those people were wrong, you know, and, and yes, it's not to diminish the pain and suffering and hurt that, uh, that people, I mean, you know of people who have, have died during this time and, and we've had friends and, and I know of fellow ministers online that I communicate with um, on a regular basis, you know, they have, have had people and elders in their church that without any conspiracies, without any kind of tampering, who have legitimately uh, have died because of the coronavirus. And so, you know, I think about those things and I don't want to diminish their pain and what they've gone through. And so I think as followers of Jesus, uh, regardless of what we think about all these things, uh, we want to honor people, you know. And I know that as I say these things, it may be, for some people, that's not what they wanted to hear. I think maybe there's some people listening right now online that are part of our fellowship in our town who were hoping that I was going to say, like, man, let's just give it to the man and we're going to open up this Sunday and that's all there is to it. And I don't care what anyone says. And, you know, I just don't think that that's just the right approach personally as a follower of Jesus and for what we're doing here in our own specific community. You know, I have uh, friends that are doing that. I have pastor friends that are doing that, that are doing that in California. Um, you know, and that's just not my place to judge them. Um, and so here's what I would say to you before you uh, make judgments or criticize, uh, you know, our actions or my actions, I would just please understand that this response and, and the way we're laying things out, although it might even look similar to what the state is doing, um, you know, we're not doing this out of fear 
or out of being gullible, uh, but out of a sincere desire and duty to pursue the Lord and to seek His face for our community right here with our neighbors, the people that are right down the street from us, uh, the people that are to the left and to the right of us, to the people that we see every single day um, at the grocery store, um, at the post office, uh, the kids, you know, and the families of, of whose shoulders I rub against when we're at the soccer field, at the baseball field, um, at the community plays and all these things. That's what I'm thinking about. When I'm going before the Lord, I'm thinking about people that I love and people that I care about and people that I'm going to see um, on a daily basis. Right now, a lot of us are emboldened to say what we say online because we have a screen that we're hiding behind. But at some point, we're going to have to come out behind those screens and we're going to have to face one another face to face. And I want to be able to make sure that I, as a follower of Jesus, am loving my neighbor and loving the people that I'm going to have to live with and the people that I'm going to shop alongside and that I'm going to maybe at some point, unfortunately, preside over a funeral or, 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 or officiate at a wedding or simply just be there because it's their kid's birthday or whatever the case may be. And so we are praying for our church body in our community. And we know that how we approach coming together again is so much bigger than us. In Romans 14, 4, it says this, Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. And I say that not just against you, but even my own self. Because, you know, you know kind of Greg made it kind of clear to me this past Sunday, uh, the first time when we first started dabbling into this message about submitting to the governing authorities and, and whatnot. What did you say about me on that message? You can say it. Uh, not, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before. You held back. You, mm. you, you weren't sold out for that message. I can, I just, I know you well enough to to be able to tell when you're when, when you're mm. on, and you just were you were you weren't sold out for it. Yeah, and that's they're they're tough verses. I don't think yeah. anyone is a hundred percent sold out on submitting to government, mm. but but it was just something that I noticed. Yeah, that was rough, right? Because he was like talking about, you know, lay aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, enviable speaking, you know, and, and, and just about growing and, and just being, you know, because the application, it's not that I want to argue being like recognizing that I'm a priest before the Lord, you know, and we're all representatives of Jesus. Uh, but as I was wrestling with the real world application of these verses from where I'm at, yeah, I mean, I guess I wasn't sold yet. I mean, I was struggling too because I know what I want to do. I, I want to say, forget all these knuckleheads in our governing offices and authorities and stuff. Like, we need to be together as a church and forget them. Um, and I couldn't go all the way in that direction just yet because I was faced with these verses. And, and obviously, God cares about, about what I say and what I do and my witness before a world that's dying because, again, you know, once again, he said there, we're sojourners, Right? Uh, um, we're just passing through. There, there's something greater and bigger that we're a part of, not just here, planet Earth. And, and this past message, I was definitely sold on it because I just recognized that this is what 
God has called us to do here. Um, and at the same time, you know, it may not be what God is calling other pastors and other churches and other leaders to do. Um, but again, who am I to judge them? Like God has placed them in those towns and in those places to minister to those group of people. And the same thing for us and even our friends down in California. I mean, even I, I know, a, you know, I'm a part of a larger group of, of, of family of churches called Calvary Chapel. And even within Calvary Chapel in California right now, they're split. Some are like, we're going to do this and we're going to meet on May 31st, no matter what our governor says. And then other pastors are like, no, we need to kind of be a witness and we need to obey the government and, and, and all these kinds of things. And so they're split there too. Um, but it's not my job to judge their actions and what they do because God has placed them there in those communities. He didn't place me over there. He placed me here. And so we're seeking the Lord for our town and our community. Um, and again, as I said, I'm aware about all those things. And we live on this island and in this community, and it's different than where they live. And, and I'm also aware, again, I, you know, I just don't respond a lot. I mean, I don't know how many times during this whole time as I've looked at um, Facebook and the comments and, and uh, uh, you know, look at Rant and Rave and all these other things. Man, I don't know how many times I've written something and then deleted it. Written something and then deleted it, you know, because uh, I just don't want to get cut up on that. And, 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 I, and I'm aware that... There's a lot of different points right now, and there, there's, there's a lot of differing views right now on what's going on, and, and there's controversies, and there's conspiracies, and there's a plethora of medical professionals giving their, their viewpoints and medical expertise, and, and all those kinds of things. And we can get caught up in all those things, and, and we can even make decisions based on all those things, which in my mind are always changing. But in the end, whatever we all think about COVID-19, here's what the Lord keeps bringing me back to and the decisions that we're making and the steps that we're taking is that regardless of all those things, there are real people that are hurting and there are real people that are dying and there are real people who have lost their jobs and real people who are struggling to provide uh, for their families. And I don't want to diminish their pain and what they're going through by maybe my Again, my personal or insensitive comments and so forth. Because God has called us to minister here, and these are the people that we're ministering to. To those that are, to the people here, you know, we want to love them. And, and, and if that means loving them right now, means laying down my personal rights, uh, then I want to do that to love the people. And so I want to be very cautious and very um, um, forward thinking in how we unveil things and so forth, you know. Um, and, and here's our main heart. And I want to read this to you again because this is why I think the Lord just kind of made it clear for me to speak on these things again. And it comes from, you know, again, those, those verses in second, um, at first Peter uh, chapter two, verse 11, right? He says there, beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as those to who, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free right, not as bondservants of God, I'm sorry, as free, as, as foolish men, as free, yet not using liberty, sorry, as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king, 
Right? And then he goes on, as a servant, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable. Because of, of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it? If when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. And then he goes on to say, for you are all like sheep going astray. And when I think of those things, I, I can't let them go. You know, And it makes me question, am I a servant or am I a master you know and, and so when I think of these things yeah it's inconvenient and yeah I'm frustrated you know about the way things are rolling but I also feel like not feel I know um, that we are doing the best to be a good witness in our community and, and that and our actions and what we say is going to far outweigh what's happening right now um, you know with the coronavirus and whatever new medical facts may come out of all this you know, and, um, you know, here's the deal, though. We're going to continue to monitor our ever-changing climate and the changes that continue to come from our governing authorities. And we're also going to keep in mind the wisdom of Peter in Acts chapter 5, verse 28. Uh, because there, and I, I want to make this clear, when our government explicitly tells us to not preach the gospel and that we cannot gather as a fellowship because of our faith in Jesus Christ, then I feel at that point, it's a no-brainer that prejudice has risen against the church. And at that point, I, I really believe then it's a time for civil disobedience. Because he, here's what, what, remember, Peter was faced, what he was up against. When they were there gathering in home churches and doing church together, their local government told them explicitly, look what he says there in chapter 5 verse 28 in the book of Acts, he says, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? He says, I, I strictly ask you not to do that, not to preach in his name. And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. You see, it was... When civil disobedience was enacted when they were told not to preach the gospel, right? That's when Peter and the apostles revolted. And, and I, just, I just don't see it right now. I just, I, 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 I don't, you know, comment, you know, or, or, or we can talk one-on-one, you know, during our prayer time, come over to the church. We can talk about that for sure. But I just don't see that right now in our government. Our government is not specifically saying, hey, you cannot preach the gospel. You cannot, you know, fill the world with your doctrine. I think what the funny thing is that the contrary is, is happening. And that the gospel is going out further and wider and louder than it has in a long time. Um, and that's just not happening right now. We're not seeing a squashing. Now, let's be honest. I think in many ways, a lot of our government officials don't care about us. They don't care about the church, uh, but neither do they care about certain restaurants and bars and saloons. I think we're all just being lumped together in this big 
mishmash or whatever. Um, but we're all being kind of put on equal footing. Um, but why are we surprised by that? Why are we? That, that's just always been the case, right? The church has always been. I mean, that's just the mo of the world. We live in a world where where, where it's fallen and so forth. But once we get to that point where they begin to tell us, like, no, you cannot preach the gospel. Like, I know right now, and I, I can draw this line, and I'll let Greg share a little bit too on this. I know I have some pastor friends right now where they're where their government is okay with them streaming online services and so forth, but they're now telling them, but you cannot sing in church. You, you cannot allow a band to come together or a choir to assemble and do that. For me, that's a point where I'm like, no, I'm going to keep doing that. Like, to me, that is a, a really overreach because part of our, of our doing church, if you will, whether it's at home or online, is to sing to Jesus. And I'm not going to stop singing to Jesus. To me, that's a line that I, you can come and arrest us, but we're going we're gonna to keep singing to Jesus. I mean, so there's certain lines, and I think it just comes down to, like, where we're ministering at and, and what we believe God wants us to do, you know. And so that, that's my heart. I think maybe Greg has some input on that as well, you know, on what we talked about. Or even you have some comments, too, if you'd like. Yeah. Um, so the thing that I've wrestled with most during this time is is not my opinion so much because mm. everyone has an opinion. It's how my opinion lines up with what I read in script, scripture. And, and you know, during this time, my job isn't to promote wearing masks or not wearing masks. It's it's to promote Jesus. And and the verse that I've been kind of smacked in the mouth a couple of times with is in 1 Corinthians uh, it's chapter 9 and then we're going to start in verse 19 it's, it's a little bit of a chunk here but I mean it, the, the title in mine the New King James Version is serving all men so Paul here says, for though I am free, and he's speaking to a church, the, the Corinthian church was, was growing really, really, really fast. Um, and it had some really, really crazy things happening, almost like a spring break church. Mm-hmm. Like there were, yeah. there was, there were just some, some things that were happening that probably shouldn't be happening. And so he, he Paul's coming, not in person, but with a letter to try and address some of the, the, the issues. Um, and, and he's using some bold language at times. But um, when he's talking about serving, he says, For though I am free from all men, I've made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews, I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. Hmm. And to those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, or as without law, not being without law toward God, but under the law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak, I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be a partaker of it with you. 
And then he goes on to say, do, not, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And when I'm faced with that, well, then you know what? If there's a lady driving around with a mask on in her car, do I agree? I'm probably not going to wear a mask, but I don't want to do anything that would jeopardize my ability to speak to her and poking fun at someone over something that she's, she's legitimately scared. Like if someone is in their car driving around with their mask on, there's a legitimate fear there. When I say legitimate, I'm not saying that I agree with the fear. I'm just saying in her mind, it's legitimate. And if I'm going to address her first off with, with, you don't need to wear that because this and that and this and that, well, then I'm not a medical authority. Like, the, the, I, I call people on the phone. I sell them stuff. That's what I do for a living. So my, my ability to actually speak to that circumstance, I can't. But... I can't address her lack of hope, right? Because hope in Jesus does give you some freedom there. Hmm. Hope in Jesus, then you know, you know what? If the COVID comes, I like calling it the COVID. The COVID? Yeah. If the COVID comes and takes me home to Jesus, I go home to Jesus. But if there's someone that I could have spoke to, I would hate to be there with Jesus. And, and when he's showing me just my life to see that time when I, I could have could have worked in his favor rather than against him. So I want to be for the kingdom of God, not not against it. And I feel like in this situation, does wearing a mask hurt me? No. I, if if they're requiring me to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask, uh, whether I whether I agree with it or not. Because at the end of the day, if wearing a mask can get me closer to someone, so that they could see love from Jesus, well, amen. And, and I think that as a church, we need to be more loving. We can't be like, um, is it the Laodicean? Laodiceans? Yeah, the Laodiceans, like, the church that lost its love. Yeah. Like, like that would, that would break, that break Jesus' heart, but it'd break my heart to be, to be that one. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. Um, mm. I, you know, I, I have opinions, guys. I can, I can read. I can go over stats. <laughs> I have friends that I have discussions with. But when I'm in public and, and I'm talking to people, I don't want there to be tension between a mask wearing or whether I think we should open up businesses or not. Those things, those aren't, those aren't for public, I don't think. Definitely not Facebook. I, if you see me talking about those things in public on Facebook, please call me out because it's not showing the love of Jesus. So, yeah, I think the problem with that is that we don't know where that person's coming from. When we start judging someone who's driving by in a car, there's, there's two scenarios there. Either one, they're like super overzealous and they're like being a masked Nazi or they are someone who's legitimately fearful. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know that. But we, what we do know for sure is that Jesus loves them and God wants us to, I mean, that's what Paul says later in Romans, like as much as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. So we'll do our part. It's not that it'll ever be reciprocated. We're not promised that, but we're definitely as followers of Jesus called to do our part and to love people. I think like somebody asked there, um, uh, at what point do we push back 
Um, I believe that we push back when our government tells us to not preach the gospel. Uh, I don't believe that's happening right now because the reality is we're still preaching the gospel. We're still live streaming. Uh, I'm still meeting with people. I'm still sharing the gospel. I'm still ministering to people. Um, And if somebody needs a hug in Jesus' name, I'm going to do that. Uh, You know, and if somebody says, no, don't touch me because I might get the COVID. Well, it's not my job to mock them and laugh at them or just to be like, whatever. My job is to love them. And, And again, it's like over and over the thing that Lord kept speaking in my heart, even those passages that is that I'm putting down my temporary, I'm putting down my rights temporarily, um, you know, or whatever rights I think I have, so that I can simply just love people. Uh, Because don't get me wrong, like, I hate this. Like, I hate being in a building that's not being used the way it was intended to be used. You know, we've got some holes in the walls um, in our church building because of youth group kids and whatnot, and I miss fixing holes in the wall right now, (laughs) you know? Because the church building, the church building, not the church, but the church building is meant to be used. And right now it's on pause, right? And the narrative is right for the greater good of all people. Well, you know, again, again, we can look at that and think, yeah, but their greater good is like messed up and deranged. Well, that's exactly what Peter said to submit to, even when they're harsh, meaning even when they're not using measure. Why? Because once again, we are putting ourselves in a place where we get to minister, right, on behalf of Jesus, who was the ultimate picture of laying down his rights, right, who didn't revile, who didn't respond with accusation, but, but simply went as, as a lamb who goes to the slaughter, you know, and I just, I just over and over, when you look at the Gospels and you look at their civil disobedience, it always was tied in with, with the ability to preach the Gospel, you know, Mask or no mask, uh, being able to gather in this building, that, though to me, those were just non-issues. It's like, it's our temporary sufferings, you know, and, and, and temporary inconveniences. I mean, we kind of joked about it, but, you know, I can still go to the grocery store and buy my kids ice cream on Friday nights and things like that. I mean, there's just so many things that are still happening and God is still doing great things. Uh, but don't get me wrong, I mean, I'm praying and, and I've got friends right now who have who have brought issues to our own local governor that we're still waiting for response. I mean, we're fighting back, I think, in a way that honors the Lord um, and, and, and by writing letters. And, and I mean, I've been signing petitions, too, to get the church open early because I just don't want to give any ammo to the enemy or, again, to people. I, I just don't I want I, if there's going to be a barrier for somebody coming to our fellowship or hearing the gospel, I want it to be because it's it's really between them and Jesus and not something that I've said or, or have done, you know what I mean? And even like Paul said, like, I get it. I'm not going to be able to win everyone. That's why Paul said, he goes, I'll become all things to all men, even just for some of them. For some. For some of them. I mean, I mean, I mean his heart, and that's what I'm like praying, like, okay, Lord. Uh, a, a pastor friend of mine in Colorado, they have this sign that they just painted on their wall as you walk in. And it says that we will do everything short of sin to make sure that every person hears the gospel of Jesus Christ, Right? And, and I think I'm butchering a little bit, but their heart and intent is like, we'll do whatever. If that means I'm going to wear masks to preach the gospel, then I'll do that, right? Because I'm going to keep preaching the gospel. I'm going to keep, you know, providing the content online. And we're going to have people come uh, to the parking lot so we can pray for them and with them. And if they're like, hey, can you please take your mask off? Then I will do that for them. You know, I'll, I'll love them and stuff. And I have somebody says, please don't touch me. Don't look at me. You know, pray for me facing that way. I'll do that too. If <laughs> it means I get to pray with them, you know, that's just our heart. You know, but I'm praying, you know, I, I, again, I want to meet. I, I miss the church body and 
you know, and, you know, even as I think about May 31st, that's kind of a big deadline for, for a lot of churches in California. But, I mean, for us, I mean, that represents the, the, the Spirit of God falling upon the church in power. I mean, that, that's, it celebrates Pentecost. And I'd love to be back in the building with all our church peeps, you know, on the day of Pentecost. A uh, mask burning party. A, a mask. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A <laughs> mask burning party. Yes. Amen. I'd love to do that, you know. Yeah. Um, but not, to, not to mock mask wearing. No, just no, no. Because we're done with them. Yeah, you know. I, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I'm, I want to see people. Yeah. I mean, it's bad enough that I think many people in the church already wear masks, right? Uh, and now yeah. we've got literal mask on, hiding and that other mask that people put on when they come to the church. It's hard to tell emotion without the rest of the facial, like mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. just looking at this. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to tell whether someone's happy to see you, whether they're mean mugging you. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it, it makes social uh, distancing even more awkward. Yeah. And I guess, you know, even just to kind of think about this and this last question, you know, I think of Matthew in Matthew chapter 16. You know, and again, I'm not a prophet by all, any stretch of the imagination, but I can remember like several times in my office knowing that, that myself included, that... Um, Man, I'm just complacent. As a pastor, I feel complacent. As a follower of Jesus, I feel complacent. And, and I think over, over time, you know, we've had certain people that, you know, I mean, we've gathered together for prayer. You know, Monday nights is our prayer and worship night that we would do here. And, you know, our church body, I think if everybody would, would all come. I mean, again, we're on a small island. We're a small community. But I think if everyone were to come all at one time in one service... We would definitely have easily well over 125, 135 people, easy. Um, and so then we would gather for our Monday night prayer and worship night, and it would be me and Greg and our worship leader and maybe two or three other people. It'd be like six, you know? And so when I think about all those things, I'm thinking like, okay, Lord, God, you have to do something. Something needs to happen to us, to me, that will shake us out of our core so that the church is actually the church and that we stop getting distracted with all these things that just don't matter in the kingdom of God. Like, that, that, that have to do with the eternal perspective. Like, Lord, do something that will shake us up, that will disturb us, that will make us cry out even more. And I don't know, like, this happened? Like, you know, God obviously allowed this to happen, you know? And, and, and so, you know, I'm not saying that God brought the coronavirus, um, but I... But I be remiss to say that he's definitely he's definitely using it he's definitely using it um and the churches and the gospel is going out like more than ever before i mean we're just seeing it the numbers are crazy of of the reach it's going out um so i don't know you know but but i think about all this stuff and it makes me question in my own personal life like how big this is a question for me too how big is your god or maybe better how big is god to you is God not bigger than all our temporary inconveniences? You know, when I think of that, I look at Matthew chapter 16, um, verse 13, and look what he says there. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so they said, John the Baptist, and some are saying Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But he said to them, but who do you say that I am? You know, just really bring it to them as an individual. And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the kingdom, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was the Christ. But then there came a time when he said, go, preach the gospel and baptize them in the name of the Son of God. And as I think about that, Jesus is the rescuer of mankind. He is the Christ. And because the church belongs to him, he will continue to build his church no matter what. Because he's bigger than the coronavirus. And he's bigger than our temporary inconveniences, right? The church is not canceled. We're still alive. We're still connected. It's different right now, but it's not canceled. And sometimes we hold on to, many of us, right? Because, man, I, I, I heard this all the time, all the time. The church is not the building. The church is not the building. Hey, I, I haven't seen you in so long. Oh, I've been busy. Hey, remember, pastor, the church is not the building. Okay, so now the church is not the building. And now we are being tested on that. And for many of us, rather than wasting our time on Facebook and defending our rights, man, I just want to ask you, I want to ask myself, what are we doing to further the kingdom of God right now? Because here's what's not canceled. And this has been clarified over and over. Uh, We had to push him. We had to push our governor a little bit. And he had to clarify, but let me ask you, this is not canceled. Meeting one-on-one for Bible study is not canceled. Meeting together in small groups of Bible studies, because the church is essential, is not canceled. Getting together for counseling and discipleship has never been canceled. And so, so many of us are like, oh, our rights and all this, and I refuse to wear a mask, and oh, we need to gather together as a church. Like, okay, I get that. So then let's get real for a moment then. Right? If you so miss the church that much, which I do, I really do, being together, the gathering together of the saints, I miss that. It's temporarily hold. But what are you as an individual follower of Jesus knowing that we have every right to do that right now as far as our kingdom call, but even, even in the government's eyes right now? Are you meeting with people? Because that's not counseled. Are you grabbing a brother or sister who you know who has been struggling and say, hey, let's meet together. Let's get together in the scriptures. Maybe there was someone that you were already doing with that, but then when all this happened, you just kind of stopped. You know, and again, I don't say those things to condemn, but I say, look, look, God is still moving and the church is still alive. The church looks different right now, but it's not canceled. So then you who are like, man, raising a storm to say, when can we gather again? Man, are you being a follower of Jesus by reaching out to your neighbors and your friends and you're calling them and you're continuing in, man, that discipleship? Because that's what the church does. I mean, that, that is the, the church. Because right now, 2,000 years later, I, I almost would say, like, maybe to even the disciples and the apostles, they would look at our church today, 2020, and be like, dude, that's not the church. Like, that looks weird. 
Like, where's like the heavy duty gathering together, you know, and breaking bread and like doctrine and fellowship and in living. prayers, like living, living together, living together in communion and whatnot. And and so again, I don't say that to condemn, but but those are questions that I have been wrestling with. You know, every time I've like, man, we got to get back together. We got to do this. We got to press this. Like I constantly, I think by the Lord, like get thrown back to some of those court questions. What if I so miss the church? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? Am I calling people? Am I texting people? Am I meeting with people? Am I, am I opening myself up to people whose marriages are falling apart or are struggling with this addiction or that addiction or whatever? You know, and so I just think that, that um, man, this is a good time to question some of those things and, and to really look inward, you know. Again, I, I really believe this time is temporary, but, but uh, man, it has definitely been a wake-up call. It's definitely been a wake-up call for me, for sure. Uh, it has definitely been a wake-up call. So I don't know, Greg, you want to share anything else or, on that or, or what? You know what? I would like to uh, give a plug right now for Life Group, mm. right? Josh Bolin hosts Life Group every Thursday. 6.30. It's a Zoom meeting. I can get you a link. It's a sweet time. We go through the message, and then we just chop it up. Like, it's so important for us to be social. Like, yeah. like that's, a, that's a huge part of, of Sunday worship for us, mm-hmm. is getting together in fellowship. Like, it's this fancy word that, you know, almost Christianese, but fellowship really means social. Like, be social. And so, Zoom is not a replacement. But it is pretty sweet to get together, read the word together, and then hear what other people got. Like, one guy might have said, you know what, this verse really stuck out to me. And this guy's like, yeah, that's that's good, but this one is the one that was speaking yeah. to me because this is going on in my life right now. And then another guy's like, yeah, I went through that too. You know what? This is what I did. And, it, and you start to see the church happening even from remote locations. Yeah. And then it, it's going to be real soon. We will be opening up homes so that we can meet you know, once a week together. Um, we will we'll social distance. We'll, we'll We'll, we'll keep and abide by the current laws, but at the same time, we're not going to sacrifice fellowship. Fellowship's important. So that, when that fires up, we'll be able to get you places and times so that we can meet and, and we can have fellowship where we, where we can chop up, the where we can work through some of these struggles. I mean, we've been with our families a lot longer in, in the last two months than we probably have in a long, long time, it's been like an extended two-month vacation that wasn't a vacation. Mm. It's, it's like a staycation. Yeah. And, and there's some things that have come out. I mean, there's, there's families that I've, I've spoke with that are having to deal yeah. with real issues that happen because they're cooped up together. Because their sin is, it, they can't hide it anymore. Right? You, you, you're around people long enough and that, I think that that's a thing that holds people back. Because the longer that, that you're around someone, the, the more chance they have to see the sin that's in your life yeah. and nobody, myself included, likes that. Like it's not fun when Joe's like, you know what? I see this thing happening and I, I don't think that's from the Lord. 
And to hear someone that's close to you tell you that, it, it hurts. But at the same time, when the Spirit's there, it frees you. And that's what comes from fellowship. So I'm excited for fellowship yeah. to start happening again. Yeah, and that's, that's the good news. We're not that far away from that. I mean, yeah. we're going to see, like, like, if we're really missing the church, then okay, let's see if we're really missing the church. Because we're going to be able to gather together on Sunday mornings, you know, and start having families over. And that's going to be a really good, I think, introduction to, I think, life groups and whatnot. And having oh, yeah. people gather together. Because we haven't done that in a long time. And I, I'm... I mean, I've had, and, and I've, we've been fortunate. We have fellowship every Sunday because, you know, we're here together, you know, a group of us, you know, putting on these Sunday morning services and whatnot. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely miss the afterwards of just hanging out with everybody and whatnot. So if we're starving for fellowship, it's coming, like, within a week or two. I think that's going to happen already. I mean, we've already, you know, unless our local government drags our feet and doesn't do it, I don't know. Um, but, but... I, th- I hope that people are truly ready and missing the church. And, and, and I think the sign of that uh, is going to be, are they going to gather when it's time? Are they going to go to people's homes and stuff? And I know, again, online church on this TV screen is not the greatest, you know, for sure. Um, but it's always been about the people. Uh, one thing I would like to add, though, if you're not comfortable meeting in a home with other people, that's fine, too. Yeah, like, there's no shame like, there. There's no shame. If it's... If you feel that, that you need to still stay protected, I don't want you to feel like we're, we're forcing or, or, or trying to manipulate here. I just know the sweetness that comes from fellowship. Yeah. So, um, you know, for those that don't want to, maybe we can still, you know, for instance, at my house, we could, we could Zoom it so that they could still be a part of it. There's, there's ways that we can use technology so that if someone's not comfortable or if someone is sick, let's say you've got a fever and you're like, I, I can't make it, but I'd, I'd like to be there. Yeah. We, we can still facilitate that. So make sure that you, you communicate and don't just think, well, I'm not comfortable, so I'm not, I can't be in that cool crowd. We want everybody to be in, involved when it comes to, to plugging back in. Yeah, for sure. You're not less than because you're not ready to do it yet either. Like, totally. we, we get that. Like, that's okay. You know, so anyways, all right, well, let's kind of start to wrap things up. Uh, um, and, um, yeah, get ready to worship the Lord and stuff. But, you know, again, I just want to just encourage you. Uh, as It's definitely been a hard time for all of us. It's a trying time. You know, I'm looking forward to gathering with your church, you know, with the church, with our church in person. I can't wait to hug everybody and to love on everyone. Uh, and I look forward to that for sure. Uh, but in the meantime, man, we're going to look to Jesus because ultimately Jesus is the chief shepherd of the church. He's the senior pastor. Uh, we're simply just under shepherds, right? Just trying to seek the heart of God to do what God has called us to do here on this island and in this community in a way that we believe honors him and puts him first. And then secondly, puts people at the forefront, people that he loves and people that he died for. Um, and so I just encourage you tonight, or even right now, as we're going to worship the Lord in these last couple songs, um, seek the Lord, pray on these things. And maybe you're here this, this evening, you're watching, and it's like, man, that just sounds like Joe's came in. I don't know. You just take that to the Lord. Um, you know, we're doing what God has called us to do, and, and we, all have to give, we all each have to give an account before the Lord. Um, but I know this, man. Jesus loves you. He, he, he died for you. He died to, to, to pay for your sins. Uh, and the church is different, but it's not counseled. And, and man, the best truly is still yet to come. And I believe, you know, for the church, man, there are still be- better days ahead 
Um, God is doing a work, and, and, and again, we just need to open our eyes. That it's different right now, but God is still working. He wants to do a work here uh, in this community and through you as an individual follower of Jesus, a part of the greater worldwide church of God. So let's worship Him. Let's, let's thank Him right now.